you might need to work on your passive flexibility in order to, you know, to increase your overall mobility or to get to the point where you can actually work on that active mobility. But ultimately, the most significant effects of flexibility training or mobility training are going to happen when you can synthesize passive flexibility with active mobility, the ability to control your muscles in extended range of motion. All right, my friends, it's Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Father Project podcast. Today, we are rejoined by Dean Pullman from Manflow Yoga, who I'm very happy to say over the course of this last year and all the involvement we've had with his business has become a dear friend as well as someone who has my utmost respect as, in my opinion, the premier yoga instructor for men over 40 online period. And Dean would agree because he's got awesome stuff. And I'm biased. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's biased. And, and I want to say a couple things before we get into this episode. Today, we're going to really deep dive on why men need to be doing the type of yoga that Dean does. And this is different than um, like spiritual yoga or yoga that has religious connotations, because I know there's a lot of a lot of us feel differently about these types of things. Dean's not coming from this from any of that angle. He's coming from this from a background of being a collegiate athlete, physical being in the physical therapy and mm-hmm. synthesizing all these foundational core postures into helping us be more mobile, strong, balanced healthy, happy, connected. Like it's just such a good thing. And Mm -hmm. in this episode, um, there's going to be some links in the description. One is Dean's YouTube channel. Like highly recommend you check that out. Two, right now at the time of recording this, we're going to run a special promoting Dean's Manful Yoga program. He's got amazing memberships, and many of our fit fathers are already members. We did a, our first promo last year, and tons of guys jumped on board. And the feedback I've gotten from guys who are using this, they're having less knee pain, less back pain. They're finding they can just really synthesize this into their fit father workouts and lifestyle as another kind of like added workout to challenge you in new ways. And if you're one of our all-access members inside the FFP, we do have a little sampler where Dean did a mini course for us where there's a couple workouts you can check out as well. So, Dean, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. That was such a great intro. I don't need to say anything else. Uh, I'm excited to be here again. As always, great talking with you. Um, I am very excited that we uh, we do have conversations on our own. That makes me feel warm and bubbly inside. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's great being able to have someone to uh, to to talk about the same, you know, the kind of struggles that we go through as, you know, as men, as entrepreneurs, um, but also discuss our, our core mission of how do we help guys be healthier? And, um, you know, what is, uh, what all goes into that? Cause it's not just following a workout plan. There's so much more. And that's what I love about fit father project is that you go into all of the mindset, um, and all of the extra work that it really takes to make that lifestyle change. So I'm just, I'm just happy to be part of this. Yeah, likewise, bro. And you're right. It is holistic, right? I mean, it is what I'll say, mind, body, spirit. It's integrated, Mm -hmm. especially to change your life. But I also think in this idea of integrated and holistic, this is something that the way you approach doing this mobility and Mm -hmm. training is also massively holistic. Because look, we could just do cardio or we could just do strength training. But the kind of workouts and exercise that you do is holistic to its core because Mm -hmm. it's integrating functional range of motion with strength, with balance, with flexibility. So can you define for those that are not familiar what effectively like Manflow Yoga is, what your approach is, what your philosophy is, and just kind of describe it quickly. And then we'll get into some specific content and feedback and strategies for guys to apply on this stuff. 
Yeah, sure. So I hear, so me personally, I hear the word holistic and it, it, it instantly makes me think of like the whole kind of spiritual approach. So I, I do want to come in and say like by holistic, you know, I think that word does have its own connotations that go with it, but holistic just means kind of a whole a comprehensive approach. And so with Manful Yoga, what I'm doing is I'm bringing together the exercises that I have found most helpful that I know based on science, based on rehabilitative science, based on physical therapy, based on, you know, all these different disciplines. And I'm trying to integrate those into the most effective workout that I can, typically just using your body weight and really focusing on exercises that are low impact or no impact at all that focus on helping you build strength effectively with minimal stress on the joints. So, you know, yes, there's a lot of things that make manful yoga special that we're doing yoga postures and catering them to men who are less flexible, who have different strengths and weaknesses than women whom the yoga industry is targeted toward. Um, but there's also integrating, you know, bodyweight exercises, they're integrating um, physical therapy exercises. The one that we know, the ones that we know are most effective for helping with common problems like back pain, like knee pain, shoulder pain, um, poor posture, all of these things that happen as a result of living a relatively sedentary lifestyle. You know, we're not up and about moving, you know, hours, hours during the day for most of us. Most of us are spending a lot of time at a desk we're driving places, we're sitting at home. Um, and we have to do exercises that are, that specifically counter these periods of inactivity. And so, you know, manful yoga is not just, not just the, you know, the basic exercises that we need to be doing to build strength and mobility, um, so that we just have, so that we're just physically able to do the things that we want to do so that we have a healthy amount of muscle mass, because that is strongly tied to longevity and just overall well-being. Um, but also doing exercises to address, you know, this sedentary lifestyle that we're living, um, to make sure that we don't have pain. So I think that's, um, that's the physical side, but, you know, going, what the cool thing about what we do is we also really focus on breathing and breathing is, you know, even, even without going into the spiritual, because a lot of people kind of, they take the breath and they use that as kind of a gateway to the spiritual. And for me, you know, the breathing is just, there's so many awesome physical results that come from doing the breathing and you can take it wherever you want to go with it. But working on your breathing helps you tap into the benefits of stress relief, help you tap into the benefits of mindfulness, of being present, of being able to be a more present dad for your family. So, you know, you're not just working on your fitness while you're doing these workouts. You're also working on your ability to be a better dad. You're working on your stress relief. You're working on being able to um, to sleep better. So, you know, in addition to the physical benefits, we're also doing so many things that go beyond the physical without even having to talk about it. So mm -hmm. I think that's, what's really cool about it. Yeah. Great summary. Um, I think that whole integrated aspect with the, with the breath and being in your body and the stress relief that comes from that is like, I'm really glad you mentioned that. I think mm. that's a huge benefit. I also think what's fun about this stuff is 
for those that are in the FFP community listening to this, we're doing a lot of different types of metabolic resistance training workouts, kettlebell complexes, dumbbell complexes, maybe some straight up heavier strength training and something like old school muscle. And it's fun to do these kinds of body weight exercises because it challenges you in completely new and different ways as well. And I think the novelty factor of having this into your week and integrated is just fun because let's be honest, like as we're all like pushing our fitness forward, sometimes there's workouts that we just don't feel like getting after. And if you're doing the same stuff over and over, it can get a little stale. But if you have a kind of routine that you're able to sprinkle in things like yoga and then an MRT strength workout and then a HIIT workout and then maybe some heavier strength training, everything always feels fresh and you're challenging your body in new ways. And if there's ever days where you feel kind of wrecked and you had a planned workout where you're supposed to do heavy deadlifts, but it doesn't quite feel right. This is the kind of stuff like the manful yoga workouts you do where you can still get a phenomenal workout that's actually like building you up not breaking you down. And I think that's, that's something maybe we can talk about like, uh, mm-hmm. what, and here's the specific questions. Let's get into some of the common pain patterns that you see for guys over 40, a guy who's worked a desk job, maybe even drives to work. What are the common areas that are tight? Let's describe that. And then let's talk about the process of unwinding some of that. Sure. So I'm, I'm an active guy in the, um, in the brotherhood, uh, for the fit father project on Facebook. And so I actually see tons of these examples from just the posts that are going on in there. And those typical problems are knee pain. And that's typically exercise related that I see Mm -hmm. back pain, which can be exercise related and just overall lifestyle related, probably because, you know, you're spending a lot of time sitting. Um, and then, Shoulder pain is a big one. Uh, a lot of guys tend to do too much pushing and not enough pulling and also not enough shoulder mobility work. Um, and that causes shoulder pain. Um, so those are really the big ones. Um, it's back pain, it's knee pain, it's shoulder pain. And, um, you know, every time I see these posts in the brotherhood, I'm like, I kind of want to jump in and be like, dude, just do, just do this one workout. Just do this manful yoga program. Um, and I, I kind of, res- I, try to restrain myself because, um, and I usually do because, you know, ultimately people, you can, you can, you can show people the way you can say like, Hey, this is going to be helpful. But, um, I'm just, I'm past the point where I'm going to try and like have a one-on-one conversation with someone to convince them to do a program. Cause you've got to, ultimately you have to reach that point where things have gotten bad enough where you're like, okay, fine. I'll do a yoga pose, you know, if, it, if that's what it takes to you be able to, you know, to, to get over these, you know, misconceptions about what yoga is, just, it's just body weight exercise and isometric strengthening. Um, then, then that's fine. Um, but yeah, like ultimately you've got to get to that point where you're like, I'm excited about this. I'm going to do it. And, and what's cool about what we've been doing with, with you and with Fit Founder project and with the brotherhood is that there's, been enough people in the community who are doing these workouts that we've created specifically for the brotherhood and they're noticing the results They're Sometimes they're like, Hey, it's like, it's not as hard as a hit workout. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, it, it's not as hard in, on your joints, but we're doing a lot of really great strength work that is actually getting to the root causes of why you have knee pain while you exercise of why you have shoulder pain while you exercise of why you have back pain while you exercise. So like you said, we're doing things that are building you up, but somehow conversely at the same time, restoring your body in the process. So I just think it's a, it's just a really, 
um, it's just a really great use of your time if your goal is improving your fitness. Yeah, well said. It's that it's that it's that like challenging you, but still restoring you at the same time. I think that makes your workouts unique. Now, I want to kind of talk about certainly body areas and get into that, but like the nature of pain itself. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm a man who's experienced a good amount of pain, and I've brought it on myself through some silly things I did in my 20s, yes, weightlifting and different injuries. <laughs> I've had like over 10 surgeries, just crazy stuff, lots of broken bones. And I've learned a lot about pain. Sometimes the pain is like in a joint itself. Like you can have an arthritic joint that Mm -hmm. has breakdown of the integrity of the joint. Maybe you have a torn meniscus, you have cartilage damage, et cetera. That's a kind of pain. Mm -hmm. But I think most of us have pain that is, is a little different. It's honestly typically like tightness in muscles that are pulling things out of alignment or just not moving well. Mm-hmm. And all of that is controlled by our nervous system. Literally, mm-hmm. like you could think of like subconsciously we're, we're holding ourselves in patterns. And I think it's fascinating when we hear the stories of people under anesthesia that are normally very tight, but you get them under anesthesia, you can move their body and their limbs around like gumbo. It's yeah. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you that we're actually creating this tension through the electric nervous system and we're holding these patterns. Mm-hmm. And I think what's cool is we actually need to retrain the body to feel like we're safe in certain motions and to unwind. And the way to do that is through motion, strength, and posture. So can you speak about the nature of strength and pain and weakness and pain and how these things are related and how guys can start thinking about this? Because I guarantee there's a lot of guys listening to this who are like, I have shoulder pain and they think it's their shoulder joint and Mm -hmm. maybe, but it could be all these different rotator cuff muscles, tightness, lack of mobility and sync. So let's speak into the pain weakness thing and how the muscles are related and how we start to unwind this. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole body is interconnected. So you could have a hip issue that is creating a shoulder issue. Like for example, your, your body kind of works in an X. So Mm -hmm. I could have a left, let's say I'm having issues with my left shoulder that could actually be caused by an issue in my right hip. So if my Mm -hmm. right hip has weakness, if it has a lack of mobility, that could be causing the shoulder issue. And, you know, if we look at your back, you know, a lot of people think, oh, my back hurts, so I just need to stretch my back or I need to strength, you know, or I need to strengthen my back. In reality, what we need to do is we need to look at kind of the system as a whole. We're looking at back pain is caused by a lack of hip strength. It's caused by a lack of core strength, a lack of hip mobility, and a lack of spinal mobility. So instead of just looking at I need to do one stretch to, to literally back pain, no, you, can, you actually you need to kind of do a system of exercises to work on strengthening your core uh, to work on strengthening your hips and improving the mobility of those areas. And what's kind of cool about a lot of the exercises that we do is that, you know, I have people who have come to me and said, I've, you know, I've had chronic back pain for years and they'll get through like one workout and say, oh, wow, my back pain is gone. I just had to do the right exercises. And I didn't realize that, you know, my, my, my tight hamstrings were causing my back pain, or I didn't realize that I just need to use my core more and then my back pain, um, will go away. So, you know, a lot of it is just learning to understand how different parts of the body affect one another and how, when you work on one thing that, that can help, you know, the other area. Um, and then a lot of it is just doing, you know, the appropriate, and that's the big word, doing the appropriate exercises to start relieving pain. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people want to shy away from doing exercise when they have pain. Yes. They say like, oh, I've got back pain. So, you know, I don't want to start right now because I've got some back pain. So once it goes away, then I'll start doing it. But in reality, if you have back pain, you need to be doing exercises. And for most of us, you know, as, as long as we're not dealing with like a significant issue, um, 
like multiple herniated discs. Um, and a lot of actually men have herniated disc and they just don't know it. But that doesn't mean that you can't exercise. That just means that you have to do the appropriate exercises um, to help with addressing it. Um, And a big guiding principle there is just doing the things that you can without pain and avoiding the things that cause pain. And as you do that, you slowly notice that you're kind of your circle of influence, so to speak, or your circle of what you can do without pain slowly grows. And then, you know, two weeks of doing exercise, you'll come back to something that you did before that hurt. And now you're, now you're doing it again. You're like, oh, wow, this doesn't hurt as much. Something, something must have happened. And, you know, I can think of one really good example. Um, so I'm, I'm not immune to, to having injuries and to, to getting hurt. Um, I had a period a couple of years ago when I became a dad and I was spending so much time sitting, you know, I was feeding feeding the bottle. I was not working out as much. So I just, I was just, you know, my, my back wasn't getting the, my core, my hips weren't getting the workouts that they were used to. And I developed some really bad back pain. But the funny thing about that was I could, you know, I would avoid certain exercises because I knew they caused pain, but I could still wash my feet in the shower. Like how can I reach down and touch my toes in the shower? But when I'm working out, and I try to touch my toes, like my back hurts. And it just kind of shows that pain is not just like this, this thing that results as when you do this movement, it causes pain. A lot of pain is in your head and it takes Mm -hmm. a really long time to undo that. But by doing exercises that don't cause you pain, that slowly kind of rewire how your brain processes pain and how you, you know, what you consider, oh, this is going to hurt versus, oh, this isn't going to hurt anymore. Yep. You know, slowly doing that over time, you can see improvements. So um, pain is weird. Pain is great. Pain is, your brain is weird. It is. It's your whole brain, your nervous system. (laughs) And I want to plus on a few things because I think you said some really profound stuff there that, that I want guys to take home. And the first mindset is, we often look at like when we have pain in an area, we want to avoid it entirely. And that may be true in a super acute injury, like you tore a tendon or a damaged ligament, you maybe lay off of it. But most times with chronic pain, the mindset is actually look at it, move into it. Mm -hmm. What can you do? What can you strengthen? I think it's so true with the knees. A lot of guys have knee osteoarthritis to some way, shape, or form as they get older, wear and tear of age. But we know one of the best things for improving your knee pain and function is just strengthening all the muscles around the knee and through the hips, right? This whole kinetic chain creates so much more stability in a joint. And pain is your body's, like your brain and your body's signal that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. It's saying there is this wrong caution. It doesn't necessarily mean there's damage happening, but it's like wrong caution. So when when the body feels safer in motion, it feels safe when there's strength. And actually, in our tendons, there's these things called Golgi Golgi tendon organs, these little things that are always looking at how much tension the muscle's creating. Is the joint safe? And over time, when you do exercise, you move through functional range of motion, you create more strength and integrated stability, you get you get a less you get less pain and, and more mobility. And I think a cool thing about doing your types of exercises versus like different kinds of work is it's integrated. What I mean integrated is when you're in certain postures, you might be squatting with bracing your core, with tipping your pelvis in a certain way. So it's not like you're just isolating one thing. You're activating this whole kinetic chain. And I think that has the most profound effect on the nervous system to say, hey, this is how we're supposed to work. We're actually like reestablishing function. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I mean, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Um, you know, you're talking about knee pain. It just made me think about how, so I had knee surgery when I was 16. Um, so if you got knee surgery, I, I get where you're coming from. I understand it. It sucks. Um, but I think what was interesting for me was back then I had this different view of how your body works. And I was just, I remember being 16 or 17, you know, recovering from the knee injury and, you know, continuing to have like little episodes of, of knee. Um, I had what's called patellar subluxation, which means my kneecap just likes going in and out. Um, and I just thought, man, I wish I had a better knee. Like, oh, I wish my knee was better. I wish I didn't have these knee problems. And then as I learned about how my body worked, I realized like, oh, it's like, yes, the knee is where the system is breaking down. But what's really happening is I have weak hips. I have weak hips. I have weak ankles. I have a weak core, which was like, for me at the time, I was like, I'm a badass athlete. I'm a lacrosse player. You know, like I'm a collegiate lacrosse player. I don't have weak hips, but no, I did. And it was only because I started doing yoga, started going to yoga studios, which by the way, I started on complete accident. I don't think I ever would have gone to yoga continually if I hadn't gone to this first one on accident. But I started doing these different exercises where I was forcing myself to engage these muscles that I hadn't been using in a long time. Um, and then also realized some, there was some overlap between exercise, between the muscles I was working in yoga and some things that I had worked on in physical therapy over the years. And, you know, finally I started getting out of my teenager brain and started thinking, oh, like, oh, this is helpful. Like, oh, I need these exercises. Oh yeah. They're like, I'm not lifting a bunch of heavy weight, but this is still really good for me. Mm -hmm. And once I started learning that, integrating it, then I realized, oh, my knee wasn't the issue. I had weak hips. I had weak ankles. Um, and so anyways, I think just learning about how the, the body, you know, inter interacts with itself and understanding where weaknesses come from yeah. that we need to work on the, the root of those weaknesses and not, you know, necessarily just dive straight into, okay, I'll just need to strengthen my knee. Just where's the knee workout? You know, yep. it's, uh, well said, so. well said. I also think it, like relevant to this is like getting, getting in tune with your body and starting to learn more about your unique patterns. And I think your manful yoga exposes that you'll find certain things that are very hard and then it actually helps you shine light on areas you want to work on. Mm -hmm. and, and that also can help too. If you find, man, my, I, this is always constantly tight or knotted up. Like I'll speak for myself. I work on a computer, right? Like a lot of web stuff with the father project. I am right-handed. So oftentimes my right trap is like constantly in this weird position from using my mouse. I know mm. that's a pattern. So I know I need to work on unwinding those things. And Pressing on stuff, foam rolling is additional to this kind of work to really kind of unwind this whole system. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it, it also made me think of a quote from a massage therapist told me this one time, and it completely relates to your story. It's like where the pain is, the problem isn't. And I think it's not true in 100% of the cases, but in a lot of them, it certainly is. Now, let's talk about like the hips and the shoulders for a second, yeah. because I think when a lot of people think about these joints, uh, they don't realize all the small, intricate muscles that are involved in internal and external rotation of these ball and socket joints, mm -hmm. particularly the hips, right? A lot of us, we may be getting hip activation. Guys are doing squats, some deadlifts, some kettlebell swings, but they're not doing as much lateral hip motion mm -hmm. as much. And like, they don't understand the internal external rotation. So let's talk about like some key moves for the hips or even at home assessments and stuff that people should look at. And then we'll go into the shoulders. Yeah. So hips. So I think you, you, you summed it up really well when you talk about guys who, yes, we're doing lower body exercises, right? We're doing deadlifts. We're doing squats. In reality though, what's happening is when you do a deadlift, you are not just doing 
you know, one muscle, you're doing your hamstrings, you're doing your glutes, you're doing your core, you're doing your lower back, you're doing your hip muscles. Um, and when you're doing a squat, you're not just doing your quads, you're doing, yeah, you're doing your glutes, you're doing your core, you're doing your hips, you're doing your ankles. But what tends to happen is because we are coming to these workouts from our inactive day, right? Where maybe we're driving to the gym, maybe we spent six hours or eight hours or 10 hours sitting at a desk and we're getting up and we're going to the gym and we're jumping straight into squats. And the only muscles that you're working are your quads because you didn't do anything to get those glutes turned on. You didn't do anything to get your core turned on. We build strength in what we do repeatedly. And what that means for people who sit a lot is that you have very strong sitting muscles, your quads, but you have very, very weak glutes. You have weak glutes, you have weak core, you have non-existent mobility in your ankles and hips. And so we need to do movements that are going to do the opposite of what you're doing while you're sitting. So um, external rotation, um, you're going to do something called a pigeon. Um, a pigeon stretch is life-changing for most people who have never done it. Um, you also want to, there's a, there's an exercise called a 90, 90 position, which is going to work on your internal and your external rotation. Um, and then in general, we want to do the opposite of what we're doing while we're sitting. So just getting into a really nice deep lunge position, um, is really helpful. And, and what, what makes it really effective is when you don't just do a stretch in these positions, but you get to that end range and you yeah. have strength there. Yeah. And being able to build, and, and that's the distinction between what's called active mobility and passive flexibility. Passive yeah. flexibility, let's, I'll just give you a really easy example here. If you're watching the video of this, if you're not, you'll be able to visualize this. Put your hand out in front of you. And then use one hand and pull your fingers back as far as they will go. This is passive flexibility. Okay. Now you're going to remove that hand. Now I want you to squeeze your fingers back as far as they'll go. That is active mobility. And what we want to do when we're training your, your flexibility in general, you might need to work on your passive flexibility in order to, you know, to increase your overall mobility or to get to the point where you can actually work on that active mobility. But ultimately the most significant effects of flexibility training or mobility training are going to happen when you can synthesize passive flexibility with active mobility, the ability to control your muscles in extended range of motion. Lasting change, lasting improvements are really only going to come from being able to build strength with flexibility. And so if we're working on those positions that I talked about, um, the pigeon, the 90-90, just a high lunge and just a couple other movements to throw in there, um, a warrior two position is awesome because we're getting external rotation with hip flexion. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what's called a horse stance or a goddess pose. This is amazing for working on um, your strength and your flexibility at the same time. But when you can do these poses and you can go as far as you can into them while maintaining the ability to control the muscles there, that's when you're going to have the most profound benefits. Um, So um, that's where you're really going to notice. And the cool thing about that, you can do those exercises before um, any of your other workouts. And you'll do, I just want you to go this, next time you go do a workout, I want you to go do like your normal workout, go just start doing your first set. And then I want you to do some of these exercises, work on strength in that extended range of motion, 
not passive, but active, and then go back and do another squat after you do that. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So it's, it's cool because it creates an immediate impact, but you can also do those exercises on their own to continue to get stronger. So it's both a warm up and a standalone workout. Nice. And I think it's cool to also note that like we can be strong in certain parts of the range of motion, but like the ideal would be to be strong in all parts of a large range of motion. Mm -hmm. And the way we can build up to that is like, like you said, getting into an extended range of motion actively working on creating that balanced tension. And then progressively the body will allow you to go further over time. The connective tissue does adapt too in those end, end, end ranges of motion as well. Mm-hmm. And your joints benefit too. Cause when the muscles are firing in concert, they're all working together. There's proper load on the joints and not like weird stuff happening. I think it's particularly relevant with the knees for a lot mm-hmm. of guys. Oh, and that's also where a lot of the pain, um, that's where a lot of that, that reworking of just how your brain and and pain happens when you are in that extended range of motion and you're breathing, this is where the real change happened. You're breathing affects your body's response. How you breathe can determine whether or not your parasympathetic nervous system responds or your sympathetic nervous system responds. So if we can breathe and we can get your body to relax, that is sending the message like, oh, it's okay for me to be here. I'm not going to have a significant injury. I'm not going to have pain. And doing that repeatedly, getting into these positions and showing yourself through control of your breath that, oh, I'm okay here. That's when we can start to rework how your body or how your brain thinks about these certain positions and hopefully over time moving away from pain and what might have caused pain in the past. Huge point, right? That like, we know when people are stressed out or panic attack, they're hyperventilating, mm-hmm. shallow chest breathing through the mouth. And then we have this other kind of like conscious, maybe longer protracted, probably some through the nose breathing um, that is so much more safe. It feels safe. It feels relaxed. It's the kind mm-hmm. of breathing we do before we go to sleep. So it makes sense that that's the breathing that's going to tell the nervous system it's okay. Mm-hmm. So on that note specifically, what, how should people breathe if they're doing something like a horse stance, which I'd say that's yeah. like, I, you know, this is something that people don't know to visualize, like that wide martial arts style stance where the hips are in external rotation and the spine is nice and lengthened. How should people breathe in these kinds of postures? Or even like, how do you suggest people breathe when they're moving through active strength stuff? So the, the kind of the popular term for what this breathing is, it's called diaphragmatic breathing, um, which if you'll, if you'll talk with um, my friend who I've had on the podcast a few times, Brian McKenzie, who is a breath specialist. He says diaphragmatic breathing is a stupid term because everybody breathes with a diaphragm. But popular, popularly speaking, we understand this term diaphragmatic breathing as what would be the proper breathing here. And what we basically mean by that is getting ourselves into a neutral position. So the natural curve, the natural S curve of your spine, um, and being able to breathe evenly in all directions from the base of your spine. So from the very base of your spine below Um, or right above your privates, right behind your penis. So from the very base of your spine, all the way up through the ribs and expanding evenly in all directions as you do that. The easiest way to be able to practice this is to simply is to get down on the ground, put a pillow or a foam roller underneath your knees, lie flat on your back. If you need to put up, uh, if you need to put a pillow or a yoga block or just something behind your head to make sure that your head is comfortable, you can do that. But then as you're in that position, relaxed on the ground, 
You're going to breathe, again, from the very base of your spine, expand in all directions, the front, the back, and the sides, and then try to breathe in all the way up to the chest. You're not puffing out your chest. You're not lifting your shoulders as you breathe. You're just expanding in all directions and kind of picturing like a wave starting from the very base of your spine, going up to the ribs, and slowly releasing that air. And you're breathing as slowly as you can while you do this. I would start with, you know, you know, let's just start with a four second inhale and a four second exhale. But if you're lying down on your back, you should be able to increase that, um, you know, and and that'll all depend on your fitness level, but Mm -hmm. you should be able to increase that um, drastically, even just in the time that you spend doing those breaths on the ground. And I would say start with 10 breaths Mm -hmm. and then you can, if it feels good, keep doing it. Um, but the cool thing about learning how to breathe like that is that it's not just something that's going to help with these poses that we're talking about or just exercise. It's also a tool that you learn to manage your stress. So if you do these exercises in the morning, you do them midday, you're going to have a much better response to when the inevitable stresses of life come up. Um, so, um, that's, that's, that's basic. You can also do, you can practice what's called box breathing is a really easy way to do that. And you can do this while you walk. So box breathing is inhaling for X amount of seconds, pausing at the top of that inhale for X amount of seconds, exhaling for X seconds, and then holding the exhale for X seconds. So a good number to start with is four. Inhale for four seconds, pause for four seconds, exhale for four seconds, pause for four seconds. And you can do that while you're standing. You can do that while you're sitting. You can do that while you're going for a walk. Um, but just starting to be aware of your breathing and practicing that, that is going to, um, that's just going to kind of get the ball rolling. Nice. That was like, I hope people took that to heart, what you just shared. And I hope that throughout people's days that as a little work break to get up from prolonged sitting, you maybe just lay down on the floor and practice on that, the different Mm -hmm. quadrants of the breathing. And something that I found as I got more serious about that personally is I found that I wasn't breathing symmetrically, like due to some inhibitions, tightness and weakness, like my, uh, my right side posterior. So the back right quadrant was not expanding nearly as fully as the other quadrants. And like, once you notice that you can consciously work into changing that. And as you're doing that, the nervous system is resetting and you also get to see which areas are tight and weak. And over time it becomes like a new habitual way of breathing. Here's mm-hmm. another fun game now that everyone's kind of listening to this right now and they're interested in, in consciously focusing on their breathing. Next time you're out in public, if you're sitting somewhere, airplane, restaurant, somewhere, watch how most people breathe or watch how many people breathe. You're going to see so many different types of breath. You're going to see a lot of people breathing very rapidly. You're going to see chest and shoulders rising. You'll see some people that are breathing beautifully and nice expanded, but just start to observe how people breathe too. And, uh, and then it'll become even more con- in your awareness and you're going to focus on it more too. So Dean, you mm-hmm. smiled when I said that. I'm sure you walk around all the time being like tight ankles, incomplete breathing, oh, like, no. not, like, not out of judgment, but just you probably notice these things. I The thing that I notice a lot, I notice when people have shoes on that like are terrible for their, for their particular feet mobility. Mm-hmm. So I notice people when they're wearing like minimal shoes or like a flat shoe and they have zero arch and they're just like their, their arch of their foot and their foot have the arch of their foot and the ground have become one. <laughs> um, so I, I noticed that I notice like, I notice when people are running and I, you know, I look at people who are running and I'm just like, 
I really hope that you enjoy running and you're not doing that because you think that's the only way to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think about that stuff. Um, but honestly, when I'm walking, I'm so focused on my own breathing and my own body <laughs> that I'm just like, are my ankles doing what I want them to do? Like, how's my posture? And, you know, just touching on the breathing thing one more time, this is something you can practice at really any time, anywhere. Um, so yes, you could look around and check what other people are doing, um, you know, out in public and see how they breathe. And you can also just remind yourself, Hey, I remember that I'm supposed to be more aware of my breathing. Let me take a nice deep breath here. Let me reset my posture. Let me take a big breath in and out of my nose. Um, and something that I consciously do is whenever I notice that I'm tensing my shoulders somewhat, whether I'm at home because, you know, I'm worried that I am not doing enough for my home life, or if I am, you know, out and I just got through a busy intersection and I had to like pull out in front of traffic in order to get there. I, I take account of how is my body feeling? And whenever I notice like, okay, my shoulders are a little bit tense. I relax the shoulders and I focus on my breathing. So I'm not just setting aside time during the day to work on my stress relief. I'm integrating that into my day so that I can continually work on, um, on releasing, on relieving my stress. So it's like manful yoga is like, not just routines, although the routines are fantastic. It's, it's an awareness practice constantly. Right. It's a, and it's as a way you practice of the routines, your body. Yeah. As you practice the routines, you develop the ability to take that into everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What really powerful. I mean, and, and very fun, like it could be mm-hmm. a new, like low key hobby to like help your body feel and move better and just be more aware of how you're, you are. And we're adding more awareness to, you know, our, how our body's moving and awareness almost always drives change. It's where energy awareness goes, energy flows. And if we're awareness is where it all starts, right? So huge. And then I think you mentioned the neck and I think I want to go there for a little bit because it is a very place where we literally hold our emotions and our tensions, like the Mm -hmm. tightness that happens, it's constriction, it's protection. It's a nervous system being like, this is scary. This is dangerous. And many of us unconsciously live in that kind of state and pattern. We have tight traps. We have this, mm-hmm. we have, we, we're also looking at our phones or our kids are looking at our phones. We have constant cervical flexion, you know, mm-hmm. the, is this the modern human? Are we just going to be like, like stressed out, no neck <laughs> forward flexing, like little goblins with phones yeah. attached to our eyeballs? Like what, what, like, what do we do about this? Yeah. I love that. Gra- I love that graphic of like the evolution of human going from like bent over and like walking in all forest going upright. And then the next stage is like bent over and looking at your phone. Like that's where, that's where we are as humans. Um, yeah. I mean, if you just think about what you do with your head during the day, we're, we're driving, we're looking at a computer and this is something that like, even, you know, even you and I have this exact problem. Like we're looking at our computer, we're looking at our phone. Um, we're, we're relaxing and watching TV and, and yeah, like you, what you want to be doing with your neck is you want to be moving it from side to side. We want to be turning left. We want to be turning right. Um, unfortunately, a lot of us have just gotten to the point where the neck is so stiff or so weak that even turning to look left and right can hurt. (laughs) So, you know, this is where we need to be able to not just stretch, um, but also build strength. So, you know, a lot of the poses that we do or a lot of the exercises that we'll do will focus on just building simple neck strength through looking left and holding it, looking right and holding it, um, doing things like chin tucks, 
you know, where you are and you can actually hear it in my voice. I think it's so cool because you can tell people whether they're doing it properly or not by the sound of their voice. So I'm sitting upright or standing or whatever. You're going to pull your chin in toward your throat. And you're going to notice that your voice gets really weird because mm. you're just chucking your, yeah. your whatever. Yeah, we should do a whole podcast episode <laughs> like this. Um, but doing this, doing chin tucks is, is really important. And you'll kind of feel that muscle in the back of your neck working because um, most of us spend a lot of time with the head out in front. That muscle gets weak. So it's strengthening. And then from here, maybe looking up, maybe looking up and over to the left, up and over to the right. And just these little movements with the neck can help with, uh, with strengthening it. And um, one really cool exercise that I like doing a lot, actually, is when you're driving and you get to a red light, notice that I said, and when you get to a red light, um, push your head into the chair seat and then turn to the left and then turn to the right. And what you're doing there is you're creating resistance because you've got the force of your head pushing into the car seat, the car seat yeah. pushing back on you. And then you're turning left and turning right. And that is, that is one of the easiest ways to relieve neck pain um, yeah. by combining um, that strength and combining the flexibility. Um, because a lot of us will have pain doing doing passive movements, but if we can add strength somehow, if we can add, um, if we can get the muscles working in that movement and then try a passive movement later on, that can relieve pain. So if you're having pass, if you're having pain in passive movements, you want to work on doing that movement in a way that there's resistance somehow, and then building strength there, you can do that passive movement without pain. Nice. Amazing. Super well said. And I think that same concept at least, in my, at least in my experience, applies to the shoulders too. Shoulders were often rolled forward, hunched forward. I mean, the lats and the pecs are strong internal rotators, and we have mm -hmm. the small external rotators that we need to work on. So unwinding that kind of stuff with a face pull or these cactus arms or mm -hmm. the different kind of shoulder things, people need to do more external rotation at the shoulder girdle is like, I, I would bet you would agree with that, um, oh, yeah. regardless of if your shoulders hurt right now, good idea to be unwinding this forward position with the shoulders. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, people need to practice getting their arms overhead. Um, and you can do that with just your body weight. So you can do it with just your arms overhead. You can interlace your fingers. You can grab one hand at the opposite wrist and doing something called a standing side bend. Um, we're doing standing back bend. If you want to add a little bit of resistance, you can hold a block between your hands as yeah. you're doing that. Um, you can hold on to a wall mm -hmm. or like a bar or something as you're doing those holds. Um, but again, you want to be doing those things and then being able to get into that extended range and think, okay, how do I squeeze my muscles in this position? Um, and that's what's going to help. So specific poses that are going to help with that. Down dog, right? Which is the, the one, you know, if you ask anybody to name a yoga pose, down dogs and be like, well, I've heard of one. It's called down walk, down yeah. dog, right? So down dog is really great for that. Um, it's challenging for most guys because we just don't have that overhead shoulder mobility. Um, so a down dog is awesome. A more relaxed version of that is called a child's pose. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a really good one for working on the breathing that we talked about before. Um, a more challenging one that's amazing for your shoulders is called dolphin, which is basically um, a forearm plank and you're walking your feet in and hiking your butt up. So kind of like you're moving into yeah. a pike, kind of like you're moving into a pike position, um, but you're just holding it. Um, and then one of the best ones that you can do is just holding a strap behind your back. Yeah. So holding a strap, holding a t-shirt, holding a belt behind your back with your hands at about shoulder width or maybe hip width. And then just using that, holding that to pump, kind of 
press open your chest and just get yeah. this huge opening through your chest and not just doing a passive stretch there, but again, building strength in that, um, in that position. So I think those are some really easy ones to start with non-yoga poses. Like you were talking about doing face pulls. It's so easy to get a resistance band. Yeah. You know, resistance bands are, I don't know what, they're less than 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, and then getting a door anchor and then shutting it in the door and then just getting in the habit of doing some face pulls because, um, really weird stat. I think, um, I can't quote it exactly, but this reminds me of like that, that tidbit of people saying like, well, I heard it. Somebody quoted it in a podcast once. I'm like, oh, that sounds reliable. Um, but I did read this, this, this one study once um, that mentioned men over the age of 64. They examined a bunch of cadavers of men over the age of uh, 64. And something like two-thirds of them had rotator cuff tears. So if you just want to think about like really common injuries guys have um, and that shoulder injury in particular, doing things like these face pulls with the band are going to be really helpful getting into the habit of doing this internal external rotation yeah. um, and doing it properly, not just holding a dumbbell and doing this. Cause that's not going to do anything. Yep. Um, but like actually doing it properly, keeping your elbows tucked at your sides. Uh, have you heard of crossover symmetry? I actually the have way? the, I have the anchors in my garage. I have a whole Dude, that's, That thing is awesome. Um, I didn't mean to plug a product, but like, I love crossover symmetry. I think, I think what they do is awesome. They're like stretchy cable. They're like really good, high quality, yeah. Cables of different exactly. strengths that you can anchor to something and do all sorts of these kinds of motions. And they have a little program for it. Yeah. They have like a little print up, uh, yeah. laminate thing that you can just hook on it and you just go through it. It takes about 15 minutes, but like if you're looking to fix your shoulders, like dude, that thing is awesome. Um, and so easy to use. The point is strength is fixing the shoulders. And yes. the point is too, that like we may, a lot of us have underlying stuff that we may not realize. And the goal is to create more muscular, more awareness more muscular coordination, more strength. And as you're exercising a body part, you're driving blood flow into it. And blood flow carries all these healing nutrients and growth factors. Like anything that's not healing well is not getting enough blood flow. So actively doing a little bit and working on these things mm -hmm. is what drives growth. Yeah. And in order to get to the point where we can build strength, we do have to have that passive level of flexibility to be able to be there. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people just don't even have that passive flexibility yet. So got to do the passive flexibility work. And then we can build the strength. Yeah. Well, this is now going to be my plug is if you found this conversation valuable, you need to learn this stuff. And I think there's no better place to learn it than going straight into Manflow Yoga, your full program. And you are very generous and kind and supportive of our Fit Father community inside the Brotherhood that you do give us some great deals and discounts for Fit Fathers. Those mm -hmm. are linked in the description, especially during the time of us doing this episode and this promotion. And we promote Dean specifically like this several times per year because we want his guidance in the community. And we just like would love for every single fit father to also be in Manflow Yoga because this is the kind of complimentary stuff that works so well. And if you took like one or two of these things and then you actually committed to like practicing them, you're going to see benefit. And then if you go into like the learning journey of hopping into a couple of Dean's workouts, you can integrate this stuff so seamlessly into your routine. This could be morning warmups. This could be before or after your exercise. This could be the stuff mm -hmm. you do on your off days. This could be, you maybe get the band or the belt and you do some stuff in between work blocks when you're, when you're doing your work, but like Dean's got all the info, just like fit father. He like did all the hard work, figuring it out. He's has like, I think probably hundreds of thousands of guys have read your books, used your program in total. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, this stuff obviously works. I'm a huge fan. So Dean, thanks for being here and, and, and coming on anything else you want to share in closing other than like 
you're the man. Thanks. I think it's been really cool to see the, the you know the testimonial from guys in the brotherhood who are who are using manful yoga. Um, you know, guys who probably wouldn't have done yoga if you hadn't like introduced you know manful yoga the way that it is. Um, and you know, I like seeing that people come in thinking I thought I was going to be like nice stretching and it was really hard workout. Um, so, you know, a a big resistance to doing this kind of stuff is I just, I want to get a really tough workout. I want to, you know, I want to use my time the best that I can. I want to get the most Mm -hmm. effective workout. And the reality is that you don't have to be lifting weights in order to get a great workout. Um, and if you want to keep lifting weights and you want to keep your body healthy, everybody should absolutely be doing these types of movements. It doesn't have to be with manful yoga. You know, you could go and find them on your own, but as far as like a workout that's easy to follow, that's broken down step-by-step, step, tells you proper technique, why you're doing it, where you're supposed to be feeling it. I, I don't think there is a better program for men out there on the internet. Um, so, so yeah, nice. that's my, that's my spiel. A great spiel, Dean. And, like, <laughs> and a lot of really great, valuable info in here. I took a, a home, like I use the word nuggets, but several things that I'm thinking about. And when I'm around you, uh, especially on podcasts, I always like stand up like a little straighter <laughs> and breathe a little better. And just like, yeah. that's the good effect of like being around someone like you. That's a champion for this message and is like walking the walk. Also a dad, also a business owner. So mm-hmm. as you know, you have my deepest respect and I love that we're friends and i um, huge fan of Manful Yoga. And thanks for everyone for tuning in today. And please go into the description of this episode, or you can message our team. If you don't see the links, we'll get you the special link specifically where you can sign up, try Manflow Yoga, get an amazing deal and start feeling better, moving better, and just take your fitness to the next level. Thanks, Dean. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fit Father Project Podcast. If you love what you heard, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread this show to more men who need this valuable info. To watch full video episodes of this podcast and other motivational videos to inspire your training and more, visit our Fit Father Project YouTube channel. It's free and everything's made for busy guys over 40 like you. Visit youtube.com forward slash Fit Father Project to get access to our entire video library. And finally, if you or someone in your life is interested in becoming a fit father or needs help losing weight, building muscle, and living healthier after age 40, then visit fitfatherproject.com where you can see our proven programs, supplement line for guys 40 plus, and free meal plan and workouts to get you started. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll see you in the next episode.